Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. There's some things that have been taking place that are telltale signs for individuals that have, have, have become ill with this sickness. And once again, as a result, there have been many that have lost their life as a result of this virus. And once again, uh, if, you've, if you've not noticed or recognized it, it uh, it's based upon something that you've heard. Has anybody heard about the virus? Come on, wave at me if you've heard about the virus. Say it with me. Say, I heard about this virus. All right, now, based upon hearing about this virus, more than likely, it has affected your actions. And for the most part, there has been some mandates that have tried to really enforce or mandate some of our actions. But just in general, obviously, because we've heard of a virus, there has been some corresponding actions that we might find ourselves acting in accordance with. For, for instance, it may have brought about concern to you. You heard about somebody not feeling well, and because you've heard about somebody being sick and you've heard about they're, they're not feeling well, all of a sudden you start thinking, huh, did I spend any time with them? How close did I get with them? Was I more than six feet away, right? You start getting maybe a little bit concerned as a result of what you've heard. Uh, again, in regards to that, saw somebody just a minute ago. Uh, you saw uh, people walking around with masks, right? And maybe you're an individual, and again, I'm not pro-mask, anti-mask, whatever you feel prompted to do or feel convicted to do, you do. Now, obviously, again, you see around here in this church, not many people, if any people, are wearing masks. And again, that's not to sway you and how you feel. Do what you feel comfortable doing. But nevertheless, you'll see individuals wearing masks because of the concern of the virus. They heard about the virus, and therefore, there's corresponding actions that have happened. Again, there are some that, because of the concern, man, they wear latex gloves, they wear goggles, they wear face shields, they, they, they do all kinds of things to protect themselves because of this virus that they've heard about. Now, you may have also heard this. They're saying that the virus is ramping back up. It's starting to peak again. Has anybody heard that? And so if you've watched the news, if you've listened to it, watched it, you will start to hear the, 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 the studies or the stories saying, it's ramping back up, it's starting to peak again. And once again, what happens, there's a corresponding action that takes place and people begin to have concerns once again and they begin to act accordingly. But here's my question for you. Has anybody seen the virus? Anybody seen it? I mean, did you find yourself at the supermarket and you saw the virus sneaking up behind somebody getting ready to jump on them? No. Nobody has seen the virus. And for the most part, now, you might have somebody that you have been in contact with or heard about or know about. But for the most part, I have not come in contact with many people that know of people that have come down with the virus themselves. So in spite of seeing it 
or in spite of knowing somebody that has contracted it, we still believe in it, don't we? Now, again, I'm not discrediting it. Obviously, it's a real thing. But my point is this. Even though we've not seen it, even though we may not know somebody that has been infected by it, we still believe in it. Now, why do we believe in it? it we believe in it because we first heard about it. We heard about a virus that was infecting people. You start to see the results. There becomes a mass corresponding action, and therefore, because of what we hear and what we see, we begin to believe, right? Now, once again, in addition to that, we've also been hearing about a vaccine, right? They're saying that this vaccine could prevent you from getting it. It could get you better quicker if you did get contracted with it. So as a result, what does it do? We start to hear about a, a vaccine that comes, and what does it do? It brings peace of mind. It starts to bring comfort. Why? Because, man, I just might be immune to this thing that I've been hearing about. I might just find myself having some safety as a result of this virus that I've been hearing about. Or we could even say it this way, I don't have to live in fear anymore based on what I heard. Or we could take it to the next level and we could say, I could live a life not having faith in the power of this virus. Are you tracking with me? And so as I shared those different elements to you, again, I, I emphasize specific things just to help you grab a hold of something because here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is. All right, when is faith? Now faith is. Now faith is. The substance of things hoped for, that word hope means a confident expectation. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for or confidently expected, the evidence of things not seen. Now I asked you the question, has anybody seen the virus sneaking up on somebody at Kroger's? And nobody said, no, I haven't seen the virus. No. But yet, the Bible tells us that faith is always the belief in an unseen reality. Is there a reality that there is a virus out there? Absolutely. Is it infecting people? Are people getting sick? Yes. And therefore, you had to hear about it. And if you have a belief that it is real, then therefore, you have begun to have faith in an unseen reality. You tracking with me? All right. Now, the Bible also says this. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes. Say that with me. So then faith comes. So faith comes when? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in other words, it's talking about Bible faith here. But just in the biblical principle, the law of faith, if you will, faith comes by hearing. 
So in other words, if you never heard about a virus, you would never have faith in the virus. If you never heard about it ramping up this time of year, you would never have faith or have an expectation to begin to look for, well, it might start coming knocking on my door now, right? Apart from hearing, you cannot have faith. So therefore, faith is always something that comes through hearing and then there is always corresponding actions. Because having heard, then you have a choice of how you're going to act. Right? For instance, uh, now it's interesting. I find this a, an interesting study because they're saying that the coronavirus is, is ramping up. But statistically, they're saying that the numbers for the flu this year are down. As opposed to last year. Hmm. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? But nevertheless, now again, I'm not saying that this is right or wrong. I'm just simply asking the question. Now, did anybody get a flu shot yet? Just wave at me. All right, there's a few of you that did. Now, how come you didn't get a flu shot in July? Well, because what they say is, is that you want to get the flu shot before the flu season comes. The flu season kind of comes at the end of fall and the beginning of winter, ramps up in the peak of winter. And so therefore, you want to get your flu shot before it comes, Right? And so the only reason that you had a corresponding action is because you heard something and because you heard something, you believed something or had faith in something and it caused you to move. Does that make sense? So whether you realize it or not, you are a faith giant. So oftentimes you're saying, God, I wish I just had a little more faith. Listen, you act and operate in faith every single day. You are a pro at being a person of faith, and you just never realized it. Why? Because faith is a confidence in an unseen reality, and faith always comes by hearing something. Amen? Amen. Amen. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, there's been times where I've heard, uh, I just heard this the other day. Somebody, it was, I think, Wednesday night, she came by and says, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to, maybe either they did go or they're going, I can't remember, but we're going to Red Lobster. Red Lobster is having all-you-can-eat shrimp. They even told us where to sit. They said, do you sit here? You will get so much shrimp, you'll get sick and tired of shrimp. You won't have to wait for it. Well, listen. Upon hearing, and if I have a hankering to get some shrimp, what am I going to do? I'm going to respond to what I heard, and when I show up and I say, listen, I want all that you can eat shrimp. Well, why do I go there with an expectation? Because I heard. Somebody experienced it, and therefore I respond because I believe in what the individual said because of their experience, Right? So as I said, you are a person of faith. You are a, a faith giant, and therefore, <clears throat> excuse me, therefore, you know how to exercise faith. And we're just going to learn how to exercise a faith this morning in trusting God. You obviously realize that this world is in a fallen state. And so oftentimes, because of this fallen state, we find ourselves subject to sickness and disease, Right? There's times that sickness comes knocking on my door just like it does yours. Why? Because we live in a fallen state. You know, 
uh, somebody had asked the question, and it's a good question because, you know, we talked about just this whole thing that's going on. And I said, you know, I'm purposing to exercise my faith, but at the same time, I, you know, wash my hands, use sanitizer. And somebody asked the question, said, well, you know, if uh, you believe that God is a faithful God and a healing God, then why do you use hand sanitizer? Well, it's because we live in a real world where there is sickness and disease, right? And so obviously I'm not going to go around licking doorknobs just to say, well, I'm going to prove my faith in God, right? No, I'm going to use my faith in washing my hands. Why? Because I can exercise my faith in washing my hands. Now, again, I, I hopefully uh, this example came to me, so please don't, don't let it run. But let's just say, for instance, now again, I'm trying to use the extreme of, of an example to, to show the validity of what I was trying to say here. But let's just say, for instance, you know, you're saying, I don't want any more children. I am good. We've got 17 kids already, and that's enough. I don't want any more. Right? And Lord knows, Lord knows I don't want any more children. But, you know, you and the missus, you know, and I'll just say, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden you find out, dear God, number 18's on the way. Didn't God know that I didn't want any more kids? Didn't God know I was believing that 17 was the perfect number? Well, listen, there were some natural things that you could have done, right? Does that make sense? And again, I, I hopefully you don't, um, that, that example don't think gets your head in the ditch. I'm just simply talking from the natural standpoint. Does that make sense? You can't just say, well, praise the Lord, I'm going to use my faith and act foolishly. No, you've got to use common sense with your faith. But once again, God is wanting us to understand that even though we're in this world that is fallen, God never had a desire for us to be sick or stay sick. Can somebody say amen? God doesn't want you to get sick in the first place, but if you get sick, he don't want you to stay sick, and he's giving you some avenues to get out of that place of being sick. And so let's begin to look at what God's Word says, because upon hearing what God's Word says, then I can begin to have a hope or a confident expectation in an unseen reality, and therefore I just might be able to begin to exercise faith to have corresponding actions that based upon hearing, I've got faith to believe. Amen? So over in Exodus, Exodus chapter 23, verse 25, it says, So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water, and I will. Everybody say, I will. This is God talking. He says, I will. Now, here's something you've got to understand about the way that the Scripture is written in the context that it's written, because there are certain things that are written like I will or I shall, that is actually covenant conversation. So when God says I will, he's actually saying I'm making a promise to you. And if I make a promise to you, I cannot lie. And I cannot go back on my word. So he says here, he says I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So man... That means if I did get sick, that means that God cares enough to remove it or take it away? Didn't it just say that? Or do I believe in what I just heard? Well, you see, many times we read the Scripture and say, well, yeah, but. Did you realize that your butt gets in the way of God's blessing a lot of time? 
Now, I'm not going to complain about how big your butt is, you know, but sometimes your butt gets real big and it eliminates God to move, right? Yeah, but you just, you know, I've, I've been down this road before. No, it don't change what God's word said just because you got a butt, right? You track it with me? All right, let me give you another one. In Psalms 107, verse 20, the Bible says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So once again, notice it says that God sent His word. Now, we saw in Romans uh, 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the what? The word. So he sent his word and healed their disease. So that must mean that if I can hear the word and the word gives me faith, then that must mean that I can have faith upon hearing to be healed. Come on, we're not stretching anything, are we? Are you tracking with what the word of God says? All right. So what is easier? It would be so much easier if I just had some medicine to take, wouldn't it? Because you're telling me that I can receive healing in my body if I just believe. But if I just had some medicine, whoo, come on, wouldn't it just be nice if I had some medicine to make me feel better? Would you realize that you've got to have faith in that medicine in the first place? Right? Now, why do you have faith in that medicine in the first place that it will change the circumstances within your body? The only reason that you have faith in the medicine is because you've already had a personal experience with that or a relationship with that and know that there's a result that comes based upon taking that medication, right? So that also tells me that I can get very familiar with God's word and therefore his word can give me faith and therefore I can become very acquainted with the results of what God's word produces, right? But boy, it's so much easier. Just give me something to take. Why? Because all I have to do is pop a pill, and if I pop a pill, that's, that's the extent of all I have to do. Come on, baby, it's, it's going to kick in here sooner or later. Oh, yeah. Woo, thank the Lord. Feeling better already, right? But how many of you know that God's word and God's love for you will begin to work just as he said it would? Look at what it says here in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20. He says, my son... Now, he's not alienating you ladies. So, my son, my daughter, my children. My son, give attention to my words. Whose words is he talking about? God's words. Give attention to my words. Well, how many of you know that there are a lot of words that are being spoken and said in this current culture right now? Right? And you didn't even have to ask for these words to be spoken. You didn't even have to uh, uh, even be a willing participant to hear these words. I mean, you just turn around, walk down the aisle of the store, wherever you're at, you're hearing words of a concern of a virus of sickness and disease, and you just never know what the outcome might be. But he says, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. So he's saying, be intentional. Because you're going to hear all kinds of things unintentionally, but therefore purpose to be intentional as to what you hear and make sure you're listening to what I say. 
Verse 21, it says, Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they, for they are life to those who find them, and health, or one translation says, medicine to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Now notice it says to those that find them. Do you realize that in the midst of a church congregation, there can be a number of people that are hearing the same message? And one could say, you know what? Light or understanding is coming. And I just heard today that Jesus is a healing God. That God loves me, cares about me, sent Jesus so that I could walk in health and healing. And therefore, I could have faith. But you could be sitting right next to somebody that's hearing the same message as, as you. And all of a sudden, their butt gets in the way. And they didn't hear the same thing that you heard. Does that make sense? So therefore, he says, it's to those who find it. It's not that God is trying to secretly place it somewhere that you have to stumble on it. He's saying that you have to be diligent to actually give place to what you hear so that it becomes a revelation to your heart so that you can believe. Does that make sense? So there's a battle for your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. What does he say? He says, now your heart, he says, keep it with all, all, all diligence, or another word is to guard it, keep it with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So there is a battle for your heart. Fear is nothing more than faith. And it works the same way that your natural faith or your God-given faith begins to work. But did you notice once again, as I said before, that when it comes to fear, you don't have to work at it. Fear is faith because fear is the expectation of something that is unseen, right? But did you ever notice that when it comes to fear, you don't have to work it, right? I mean, I was talking about in a life group the other night. I said, has anybody ever gotten a lump or a bump on their body and they, they felt that lump or the bump? And the first thing that comes to your mind, like, dear God, I wonder if it's cancer. Come on, has anybody ever had that scary feeling where you're like, Oh, what is that? I never saw that, felt that before. And the first thought that comes to mind, cancer. You don't have to work up faith in an unseen reality of the wrong stuff, or in other words, having fear. Once again, there's all kinds of things that are there to uh, accommodate and feed your fear so that you have faith in an unseen reality. And once again, in regards to this COVID thing, haven't you, haven't you had your faith or your fear fed on a daily basis? I mean, for the last six months, they have not gotten off of it. Every single day they're talking about it, giving you a tally and account of who got sick and who died. Well, praise the Lord on Sundays, they don't do it anymore because we're going to give you a little bit of a break. But we'll, we'll make up for it on Monday. We'll give you a, a double count on Monday because there were some people that got it on Sunday, right? So when it comes to our faith, faith, you'll have to be intentional. God's faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And once again, it takes effort. I said it takes effort. You have to be intentional on hearing the right things. You'll have to be intentional to get God's word in your hearing because it says this. It says that it is God's medicine. 
Oh, but if I only had some medicine, there wouldn't be any worries. If I only had to have some, if I could get some medicine, I would be okay. But do you realize that once again, you put faith in medicine and medicine, or excuse me, faith always has corresponding actions. I said you're a faith giant and didn't realize it because the moment you get your prescription, what do you do? Number one, they call it in. Then you've got to go to the pharmacist, right? You've got to sit there and wait for an hour and a half or however long it is. You've got to pay the money to get it. And then you read the script and it says, now, keep refrigerated. Oh, got to put this thing in the refrigerator. There it is. Then you get it out because, you know, it says, take three times a day. All right. And now it says, shake. Shake well. All right, shake it up. All right. How much I got to take? I got to take that much. All right. So you measure it out and you take it, right? Oh, wait. said, don't take on an empty stomach. I got to eat something before I take it, right? I don't know who I'm channeling right there, but, <laughs> but, but you're getting my point, right? It says, do this, do that. Take four times a day. And then what does it tell you? Take until it's gone. But you might say on day number three, I'm feeling a whole lot better. But because you got faith in the medicine, the corresponding actions will cause you to take it until the prescription is gone. Because why? I've got confidence and peace that I'm going to, Feel better and stay better on the opposite end of this medicine. So see, you're exercising faith the whole time. But all the while, God says, I've got a desire for you to live a life of health and wholeness. Amen. And once again, what did he say? He said, it's my will and my desire. Notice what it said up here in this verse. Let me read it once again, if I can find it. In Exodus, he says, and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. So in other words, it's got to be the will and the desire of God. But he says, faith comes by how? Hearing. And if we're going to have God faith, it comes by hearing what? God's word. And he said, I sent my word and healed your disease. Right? But then we see over in John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So speaking of Jesus. So God said, I sent my Word written and in the flesh. But did you know that all the while that Jesus was here, when he began his ministry, what was he doing? Preaching, teaching, and healing. Preaching, teaching, and healing. Well, you know, it's all according to God's will. But did you know Jesus said this? He said, you know, he says, I've come to do the will of my Father. So in other words, if Jesus was healing while he was here, the Word, then it must be God's will to continue to heal today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there was a coronavirus outbreak in Jesus' time, how many of you think people would go running to Jesus? How many of you think that people would begin to say, Whoo, I went to Jesus and my coronavirus got healed. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. Oh, but I can breathe now. They took him on stretchers. Boy, he's almost dead. They left him up. He's on the ventilator. He's got corona and it's at the worst degree. Jesus says, be healed and he's alive, running, leaping, praising God. How many of you know that that would get the word out that Jesus is the healer? Is he the same today? Absolutely. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus was the will of God in action. Jesus healed the lame, the blind, the dead lived again. 
And so therefore we see that the, the, that healing was the will of God in action. But only if Jesus was here today. Only if Jesus was here today. Oh, we could have that confidence and that assurance that we could call on him. But he says, I sent my word. Do we still have his word today? Absolutely. We just read that it's God's medicine. We just read that he sent his word to heal our disease. So, in the word of God, in fact, let me say it this way. There's as much power in the gospel as in the actual actions of the gospel. The devil, coronavirus, is just afraid of the written gospel as, he, as it would be if Jesus was standing here in person. Amen. Why? Because he said, I sent my word to heal your diseases. Well, you know, it's just as, as God wills. I, I love that argument because people say, well, you know, it's just as God wills and he's not willing that everybody should be healed and some die and some it's God's will. Some he's teaching them a lesson. Well, listen, if God's teaching you that kind of lesson just to strike, de- to strike you dead, then we might have to question up what kind of God we, we serve because we say that he's a loving God, but then it would question whether or not he's that loving if he's going to strike you down with sickness just to teach you something. Because never have I ever put my child's hand on a hot stove and said, I want to teach you that it's hot. Let me inflict pain on you, right? And for for that matter, Scripture would have to define to us that that the will of God or that it is not the will of God, it would have to be in the Word to contradict that theory. So is there? Absolutely. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? The Bible says that she heard about Jesus. And she went to where Jesus was. She was extremely contagious. Today, they would tell her, you need to stay quarantined. But she says, I'm going to go where Jesus is. And the Bible says she pressed through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. And upon touching the hem of of his garment, the Bible says that she was made whole. Immediately, Jesus turned and said, who touched me? Well, if it was the will of God, and if Jesus had to know what was happening in order for it to be the will of God, then how in the world did he get caught off guard? He said, who touched me? And his disciples says, well, listen, do you not see the thousands of people here and you ask the question, who touched you? He said, no, who touched me? He said, when somebody touched me, power left my body. What kind of power was it? It was healing power because the woman was made well. And she fell down and began to confess all that took place. So the scripture defines or tells us that God is a healing God. And it is not based upon only the mere will of God because we know that it is His will, but it is also contingent upon our faith. And upon approach, our corresponding actions can go to Jesus and receive when we have need of healing in our body. Amen. And if I can believe in a vaccination to give me strength and safety, then cannot God's healing power give me that protection in this time in which we're living? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are you doing okay? We'll conclude with this here. Give me just a couple more minutes. If you recall, there was one individual that came to Jesus and says, Jesus, will you heal? I think it was his servant. He said, will you heal my servant? And Jesus' response says, yes, I will. One translation says, of course I will. 
You see, we always think that God's looking at us to have to jump through the hoops. Well, if you do this, I'll do that. But the heart of God is, of course I will. You've often thought that you can approach me, ask me, or receive from me. And therefore, because of your wrong thinking and your wrong belief systems, it's kept you at a distance. But once you know that I'm a healing, loving God, that upon reproach you will receive, man, it will cause us to run open arms and say, Jesus, I need you. And I want to receive a healing touch right now. Amen? So what is it? That will begin to help me in this hour, in this time that I'm living. I said that if we had some medicine, we would just take some medicine. If there's a vaccine that builds my immune system, well, then I'm just going to take some medicine. But we also saw that the Word of God is God's medicine. So why can't I just take God's medicine every day? Why can't I build up my immune system in my faith? That therefore, when I walk out into the marketplace, I don't have to be fearful of that virus sneaking up around the corner because I've already been vaccinated with the the power of God, with the Word of God. He's made me whole. He's made me healed. And therefore, I can walk in confidence. I didn't say in stupidity and ignorance. I said I can walk in confidence knowing that wherever I go, I've got an immune system built up because I've been taking God's medicine. Amen? Look at what it says here. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. I'm going to read it from the Passions Translation. He himself carried our sins in his own body on the cross so that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness. Our instant healing flowed from his wounding. He was bruised for our iniquities chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed amen let me give you this final story just to hopefully bring it home three years ago three years ago i was closing down the pool and we had one of those real hot last summer things is like 80 some degrees well the chemicals were getting low and all of a sudden the water started getting cloudy so I put some chlorine in it and it started to get even cloudier and then it turned green and then I just got frustrated so I'm not going to sink a lot of money into it at the end of the year I'm just going to put the cover on it the following spring came I undid the cover and it was really really green so I did all that I knew to do and that was to start putting chlorine in it But as I put chlorine in it, it kept getting worse and it continued to get green. And so I went to the pool store and I said to the lady, I said, here's a sample of the water. I said, can you tell me what's wrong? And she says, yeah, your alkaline is way out of balance. And so you need to put this in it to reduce it. And she said, your chlorine won't work until that gets balanced. And so I started putting some stuff because I had some at home. So I started putting some stuff in it, checked my, my, my readings, and it was getting higher. Put some more in it, getting higher. Put some more stuff in it, and it was getting higher. What I didn't realize is that I wasn't putting the alkaline reducer. I was putting the alkaline increaser. And so I went, took another sample back to the, to the pool place, and she says, I have never seen readings this high. But you see, I was putting in the wrong thing. And because I was putting in the wrong thing, I was getting the wrong results. And it was getting 
messier and dirtier and stinkier and greener. Algae was growing. I mean, it was literally growing. I could see the, the plants growing in there. And so she said, you got to get it down. And so then I started trying to put the other stuff down. I mean, I put hundreds of dollars in there, and it was still getting worse. So finally, the owner says, what's going on? And so I told him, I said, here's what she said. And he said, well, you can't just put the alkaline reducer in it. He says, you got to put the reducer in it with the chlorine. He says, the chlorine is what's going to kill the algae. The reducer is what's going to drop the alkaline. But you can't have one without the other. He said, so what you're going to have to do is totally saturate your pool with chlorine to kill the, the algae. So I started to put the alkaline reducer in there, but I blasted it with chlorine. I mean, I put so much chlorine in there that it bleached out my liner. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I hundreds of dollars of chlorine in there. And finally, it started to clear. What's the example or the moral of the story? You're living a life where you're getting all kinds of stuff added to you and it's the wrong stuff and it's taking you in the wrong direction. And it's not until you receive the power of God that will actually begin to kill the very thing that seems to be overwhelming you. Now listen, even though my pool started to clear up looking good, I had so much algae in there that I had little hairs floating around and it lasted all summer long even though my water was good. So once again, what's the moral of the story? You might begin to stand in faith and you have some things lingering around in your physical body that were a result of the sickness and the disease and the thing that was. But even though there's some lingering things, doesn't mean that the power of God is not working in your body. You might just have some residue evidence left over, but I'm telling you, it's leaving. I continued man this year whoo we had the best pool that we've ever had why because I got rid of all the residue of the last year junk so just begin to take your medicine it don't have to be a lot just begin to take it on a daily basis God I thank you that your word is health and healing to my body I thank you that you're the same yesterday today and forever I thank you that you do supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. You find scripture that builds your faith in this hour in which we live. And you will begin to act with corresponding actions in trusting God because you're taking medicine. Amen? Did this help somebody today? Amen. Why don't we stand? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give an opportunity for anybody in this place. First of all, the greatest sickness and the greatest disease that ever infected man was sin and that separation from God. And whether you're here in this congregation or you're watching or listening online, if you say, I've never received Jesus into my life, I've never asked Jesus into my heart, or maybe you feel like you're just 100 miles away and you're saying, today I want to come back in relationship with Him. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to judge you. Nobody's going to say boo to you. This isn't something that I'm going to embarrass you and bring you down front. I just simply want to acknowledge you. If that's you in this place, I want you to raise your hand when I count to three. If you're saying today's the day that I want to make sure that I know that Jesus is the Lord of my life. On the count of three. One, two, three. Would you just raise your hand and I'll pray with you? Anybody in this place? I see that hand. Thank you very much. You can put it down. Ooh, 
Praise God. Anybody else? I see that hand. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Those kind of excite me the most. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, I'm going to pray for these individuals. Now, here's the other thing that I want to ask you. I'm not going to embarrass you. not going to ask you to come forward. But if you've got sickness in your body and you need healing in your body, I want to pray for you. And I know that the healing power of God is present to begin a, to perform a healing and a cure from this moment on. Is there anybody? Just stretch forth your hand and say, i got something going on in my body. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Anybody else? You can put them down if you've already put them up. Say, I just want some prayer from my, my physical body. Anybody else? See that hand. All right. I'm going to pray for those that lifted their hand for salvation. These beautiful young ladies. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray with these young ladies right now. And you just repeat it with me, everybody in this congregation. Let's join our faith with theirs. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my friend from this day forward. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And we said amen. Just that simple. Praise God. All right, now I'm going to pray for you with every head bowed. Father, in the name of Jesus, the many hands that were lifted in this place. God, I thank you for the healing anointing that is in this place right now. Lord, to set the captives free. For it is the anointing. It's not the, the man or the minister. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke and it removes the burdens. So God, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now to drive out every sickness, every disease. Yes, even the depression, the mind that has just gone astray. In Jesus' name, we thank you for restoration from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Everything made right, everything aligned as it ought to. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, I don't know if you came and received something this morning, but I believe that God did some amazing things. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Thank you for coming today. Listen, if you sense something in your body that God did something, we want to know just so we can celebrate with you. Amen. Remember, we also have life groups Wednesday, prayer at 6.30 on Wednesday as well. Hey, if you want to bring some candy and stuff for our kids for our masquerade thing, go ahead and bring us some candy. We would disperse it out good. I'll eat the chocolate good stuff. But... <laughs> All right. Go. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life